You're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio with just a little bit of politics. Listen along as we interview some of the most experienced outdoorsmen in the industry today, where you'll learn valuable tips and tricks to make you a more successful hunter, shooter and fisherman. Here's your host of the Australian Hunting Podcast, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Selms, and this is episode 38, Aussie Hunting Adventures TV series, Dave Fent. Uh, it was a pleasure having Dave on the show to come and chat about the new Aussie Hunting Adventures TV series TV show that's going to air at the end of 2013. Dave actually comes on the show basically to have a chat to us about uh, who's involved with the show, what we can uh, expect from the show, where it's filmed, and everything in between. So it was a pleasure having Dave uh, to give you spare time to come on the show to chat about the new TV series. So thanks, Dave. Uh, we've got a lot of news coming up for this month, and I'm going to spend the next probably five or ten minutes having a chat with you guys about the, the events of the last couple of weeks. Now, if everyone doesn't know or you, know, you guys listen to this show, uh, you know the Game Council was abolished uh, by the O'Farrell, Liberal O'Farrell government about two weeks ago at the time of recording this podcast. And uh, basically Mr O'Farrell has waged a war on shooters, hunters and basically fishers I would say too in New South Wales. Now if you're not sure what's going on, what's happened, I'm not sure where you've been, this has been a huge thing over the last couple of weeks. But let me try and give you a bit of a backstory to help you understand. Now, the Game Council of New South Wales is the regulatory authority of game hunting on public land in New South Wales, and they, they, and they basically manage it uh, from their orange office. They've got a lot of uh, people that you know, work for the uh, Game Council of New South Wales. They've got a lot of game managers that do a fantastic job and are very engaged with hunters and shooters. Uh, there are approximately about 20,000 uh, game license holders, uh, both are on public land license and, and private land G license holders. Uh, what happened basically was, we, I think this has been going on for a quite quite a long time, but let me get into the backstory. Uh, basically about probably about six months ago, there were two people from the game council that were allegedly at this stage, and they'll still have their day in court, uh, allegedly caught illegally hunting a goat. Now that was Greg McFarland and I think Eddie Hugenboom. Uh, they did say at the time uh, it was Andy Mallon, but Andy Mallon was nowhere near uh, those areas that the apparent illegal hunting took place. He was like a thousand kilometres away. So he was quickly reinstated. Then they figured out it was Apparently, Eddie Hugenboom, uh, who was also uh, illegally hunting as well. Now, those guys will have their day in court, so I, we, we don't know anything more about that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, uh, probably over the next few months, what the outcome of those cases will be. Uh, once that happened, pretty much those guys were suspended, and what happened was uh, the O'Farrell ordered a governance review into the Game Council of New South Wales. Uh, Robert Borzak and Robert Brown from the Shooters and Fishers Party didn't have a problem with that whatsoever. Uh, they recommended a certain person, but then the O'Farrell government went with uh, Steve Dunn, ex-DPI and ex-Fisheries. Now, the provision was that when the report came back, the O'Farrell government uh, would discuss those uh, what, what happened with the report with the Shooters and Fishers Party before making any you know, public opinion, before making any announcements they'd be spoken to. 
Now, before they even had a chance, before anything happened, uh, John Mumford, the chairman of the Game Council, got a uh, text message uh, that the Sydney Morning Herald, I think it was the Sydney Morning Herald, had already, already released that the Game Council has been abolished. Before anybody at the Game Council even knew what was going on, it was already on the news that it had been abolished. And they, these guys had absolutely no idea. Uh, the O'Farrell government announced that uh, the Game Council will be dissolved into the Department of Primary Industries because they, quote, unquote, had governance issues. Now, the uh, Dunn report came back, and in my opinion, I don't think it's too bad. There is a few issues there with governments, and basically, like any government, they basically said there wasn't enough shuffling of paper. Um, the the uh, Dunn report did uh, give credit to the guys at the Game Council for the work that they did, and basically, Mr Dunn said it really can't go on like this. But all it needed was a little bit of extra funds and a little bit of extra help, and it really could have been on its way. But this has been a Barry O'Farrell's plan since late 2011. Now, there's been meetings and stuff, and I can't really go into it, but this has been coming for a long time from the O'Farrell government. The Greg McFarlane and the Eddie Hoogan boom hunting was really a side issue. The O'Farrell government was planning this since back in two th late 2011. And just waiting for a time to pounce to abolish the Game Council. That, that's a fact. I don't care what anyone says. That is an absolute fact. Um, so what we need to do, for, you know, basically, what's the current standing at the moment? Uh, we're we're going to be hunting in national parks come by October, apparently. Uh, but it's nothing that we agreed to or the Shooters and Fishers Party agreed to under their arrangement to sell off power generators. And also probably in regards to the new, Newcastle uh, ports leasing. At the moment, it's only going to be 12 parks. And it was supposed to be on the same state forest model that the Game Council was already managing, and they were going to inclusive of national parks. Now, now they're obviously not going to be managing it. The Department of Primary Industries is going to be managing it under the help of the National Parks and Wildlife Service. And instead of the 75 parks it was supposed to roll out into, it's now only going to be 12. There's going to be zero, and I'll repeat that, zero supervised hunting. Uh, there's going to be basically daily briefings. If you do actually get a chance, and mind you, I've already heard from certain people that all those positions are already taken. You will not be hunting on national park property. Most of the average people, they've already got the people they need. Now, those uh, 12 parks, as I said, will be all supervised. You'll be basically rubbing shoulders with the National Parks and Wildlife Service. They're going to be managing uh, the trial in those 12 national parks, so it's already destined for failure because most of those people were at the anti-hunting rallies uh, in conjunction with the Public Service Association and the National Parks Association. So basically you'll be told when you can hunt, when you can shoot, where to load your gun. You know, there we know getting up at 6am expecting to go for a deer stalk or getting started early in the morning. There'll be daily briefings. So basically what I'm saying is this is an absolute garbage legislation. Uh, the Shooters and Fishers Party, uh, in good uh, spirit, agreed to something with the government. And basically Barry O'Farrell's... Uh, uh, basically dodged his way out of it. There's no real way to say he's backstabbed hunters and shooters in New South Wales. It's as clear as day. In the process of only uh, allowing hunting in 12 national parks, which will be fully supervised, mind you, so really no one's going to be interested in it anyway, uh, he's actually suspended state forest hunting until at least October until the Game Council is dissolved into the DPO, the Department of Primary Industries. At this stage, we know that people are going to, the Game Council are going to keep their jobs. Uh, 
again, once it's dissolved and once the legislation goes through, you know, really, you know, they're going to keep their jobs. I guess no one really knows at this stage, but I hope for those guys and the fantastic job they did for the Game Council, they'll be looked after under the DPI. So I guess the next question is, uh, what do we do from here? You need to write to your ministers, uh, and I'll tell you who they are now. Obviously, one is Barry O'Farrell, the Department of Primary Industries Minister, Katrina Hodgkinson, the Department of Environment and Heritage, which is Minister, which is Robin Parker, the Deputy Premier, Andrew Stoner. If you also want to write to the Sports and Recreation Minister, Graham Ennisley, you can also do that too. But the main part where we're going to hit these people hard is going to be your local members. Now, people think, oh, letters don't work. I've been speaking to the guys at the Shooters and Fishers Party. Emails are garbage. They don't work. They get deleted. They're a complete waste of time. If you're thinking they're working, they don't. You need to send physical letters. Somebody has to open it, read it, put it on the system, and give you a reply. Make sure you list points down you have issues with, and ask for a reply. If you do not ask for a reply, they will not contact you. It is really important. Tell these ministers and your local member how it affects you, that you can't take your family out anymore. Um, Again, I can't say too much, but I was involved in a meeting, you might say, and... A hundred. The Game Council's own public benefit analysis says a hundred million dollars was invested into rural Australia from Game Council license holders. That's amazing. A hundred million dollars. I'm already hearing that places such as near Tumbarumba around Marigal State Forest, bed and breakfasts aren't getting booked out now. Hotel accommodation not getting booked out. Small little shops in those areas that relied on hunting supplies probably going to go out of business these are the things you need to put in the letters now when you actually talk to your local member i would take your letter down if you can go into the, your member's office give it to the receptionist and say you want an appointment with your local member and at the moment it's actually lucky for me because mine is the is the uh, leader of the opposition for the blacktown area and surrounding area which is john robinson leader of the opposition now don't forget Bob Carr was a huge supporter of public land hunting because he realised why not utilise these free services of qualified, experienced hunters to get out into the bush and remove feral animals. So Bob Carr was a huge supporter and was Premier, I think, for nine or ten years, quite some time. And he was one of the drivers also behind the support of the John Tingle and Robert Brown Game Council model and realised the power that it could have. And also might add into that too, the Forestry Corporation that actually manages state forests and logging and all those types of things and manages state forests are going to have zero budget, and I mean absolutely nothing, for feral animal control in state forests. Uh, I think it was Nick, I think if I'm correct, it's Nick Roberts has already said he supports recreational hunting in New South Wales. State forests uh, and, the, and state forest hunters uh, and our licensed hunters through the Game Council have been doing an absolutely fantastic job in removing feral pests. They have zero budget to put into state forest feral control if hunters will not be allowed back into state forests uh, in October when the Game Council, by October, until the Game Council is dissolved into the DPI. So, again, it's going to be very interesting over the next couple of months. Um, at the moment, All public land hunting is suspended. 
They're saying that national parks will roll out in October and under the DPI, who even knows how the state forest model is going to work. Apparently now there needs to be a risk assessment. I don't understand why there needs to be a risk assessment. There's one already been done and it passed with flying colours. So I don't know why there needs to be another risk assessment for a model, and I'm going to say this, a model that has been working for seven, almost eight years, not one death, and over 1.2 million animals, let's be honest, killed in state forests, or because of our licensed hunters spending their own money, their own money on fuel, ammunition, food, accommodation in these rural areas. All that money has been sucked out of those rural areas now because of Barry O'Farrell. And like I always said, and people laugh at me when I post things about Liberal, you would be crazy and nuts to even think about ever voting for the Liberal government. I don't know how people, at every turn, they seem to be attacking law-abiding firearms owners. And Barry O'Farrell, from what I hear from certain people, this has been coming for quite some time. So if, if, you do, if you respect this show, you respect what we do here, I respect all you guys. I know a lot of you guys are passionate and even more as passionate as me. Get out there, spend a couple of hours in the afternoon on your laptop, write up the letters and send them in. If they don't reply within a week, ring up their office. I sent this in, I haven't got a reply. Go down to your local member's office, harass them. If they're a Labor, if they're a, a Labor a member for your area, tell them that you know, Bob Carr was a major supporter of this. And I've, I've got to go down tomorrow and make an appointment with my member, John Robertson. And I'm going to say, you are the leader of the opposition. Bob Carr was a huge supporter of this. I know you've been very vocal on national park hunting and you're against it. But your party, back in the late 90s and early 2000s, was a big supporter of uh, hunting in state forests and hunting on public land due to the benefit from not only the government but also the native animals. So I urge everyone to go on there. And I'm going to link in uh, on the website when I put this podcast up. I am going to link uh, the SSSS, Sporting Shooters Association of Australia's website, where you can go, you can punch in your uh, postcode, and it'll tell you who your local members are. But again, to, re- to reiterate, write to Barry O'Farrell. Write to the Deputy Premier Andrew Stoner, Minister of Primary Industries Katrina Hodgkinson, the Environment and Heritage Minister Robin Parker, the Sport and Recreation uh, Minister uh, Graham Ennisley. You can also, who else can we write to? I don't know, your local member. But again, if you're not getting a response, don't just wait for the generic response. Write back again and say, no, your response is not good enough. Create some heat, create some tension. Get into your local member's office. I mean, if people can't even go and talk to their local member, you know, about something that's really important to them. And for a lot of people, including myself, this is, I've got a few hobbies, but this is my only major hobby. And right now that has been severely uh, impeded by this uh, O'Farrell backflip and backstab on the Shooters and Fishers Party and the Hunters and Shooters of New South Wales. So I urge you, please get out there and make a difference. It's really important. If there's one thing you've listened to on 38 episodes of this show, it's to get out there and to honestly make a difference and to and to make it happen for all the hunters and shooters because no one else is going to. And if you don't make a difference, nobody else will, and he'll win. And the state forest model that may come back, at this stage, I would kiss state forest hunting goodbye. I don't think it's going to come back, at least in this election, and we really are under the pump at the 2015 election that Barry O'Farrell may have the power over both houses, the upper and lower house, and he'll be able to do whatever he wants. You've already seen the ammo bill. Uh, this is affecting a lot of people, how they're going to come vote in the up-and-coming federal election as well. And get on Twitter and let Tony Abbott know you're not happy with Barry O'Farrell and that your vote is going to directly reflect 
that what what the issues are and are going to directly affect how you vote at the next federal election. So, again, I know I spent a bit about 10 minutes on this, guys, but this is really important. This is the biggest assault on hunters and shooters and fishers in quite a long time. So I urge everyone, so honestly, get out there, make a difference, write to your members, make appointments. If you don't get a response, ring them, harass them, make them work for it, make them squirm, because I'm a little bit pissed off too. And, you know, I know the guys, again, for the people that think the Shooters and Fishers Party aren't doing anything, I've had personal conversations with them. I can attest that these guys are not happy and they're going to do everything they possibly can to get state forest hunting back. Even if it's in the DPI, we are not going to get the game council back. So we need to move on from that. We want the same thing back for the Department of Primary Industries and the same system that it was running under before with the same employees doing the same job. But again, we'll find out over the coming months. Um, As I said, by now... It's important, as I said, I'm going, to, I'm going to say that too. More than ever, it's important to vote for the Shooters and Fishers Party. Robert Brown and Robert Borzak, from my personal conversations, uh, are doing a fantastic job and they will continue to do a fantastic job. And I, I tell you, they are not taking this lightly. They are not taking this lightly. So, you know, vote for them, make a difference here, and let's show this barrier fail that we're not going to be screwed with, we're not going to be put down, and we're going to fight, and we're going to keep fighting, and we're going to keep ringing, and we're going to keep sending letters, and we're going to keep making it happen. So anyway... Let's move on. That's my rant for the last 10 minutes because I didn't realize I was talking for that long. But I'll get it. I'll just do the mandatories before we get into the show. Uh, you can visit the website, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Uh, if you want to go on the Facebook page, I think we've got 2,500 somewhere near there, 2,300. So you can go type in Australian Hunting Podcast on Facebook. We'll come up. And this is the most powerful one, Twitter. AH podcast. Jump on there. We're hammering the ministers. We're making them accountable for this uh, suspension of state forest hunting and this pretend culling model of national parks. All those ministers are on Twitter. Hodgkinson, Parker, O'Farrell, they're all on Twitter. Put your hashtags in, make them work for it, and make the general public see what you're writing too. But anyway, Twitter, AH Podcast. If you want to email me for any reason, I'd love to hear from you, AustralianHuntingPodcastGmail.com. You can download iTunes, rate us five stars, and uh, basically download all the uh, podcasts from iTunes or go to the website preferentially. Um, you can also visit my uh, business page, AussieFeralControl.com.au. Share your AHP with your friends and family, and also... Uh, one of our sponsors is Australian Hunters International. You can visit them at australianhuntersinternational.org.au. They can help you get your license. They can do everything in between. You can go there, hang out, talk with like-minded hunters and gather some experience from some of those guys that have you know, some, some of the most experience in the industry. So certainly check out Australian Hunters International. That would be uh, muchly appreciated. Donations through PayPal. If you go on our website, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au, in the right-hand side, you can donate to the podcast. So that's really important. That helps us get around. We've got a lot, a few people that are sponsoring us now, which really helps me. And uh, I'm going to start trying getting these out more than one a month. If anyone wants to help me get guests or just be my right-hand man and just help out, um, that'd be great. You can email me at australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. Always appreciate I appreciate all you listeners. But what I've just rattled off for the last 10 minutes is really important. Even if you're not in New South Wales, you can write to Tony Abbott and say how you're not happy with Barry O'Farrell. And due to Barry O'Farrell's decision, you are now going to vote against the Liberal government in the next election. There's nothing worse than uh, the uh, premiers of the certain states pissing off the federal parliament, especially with uh, Rudd now back on and the polls are up. And unfortunately, Rudd is very popular. And unfortunately, I don't think Tony Abbott is just going to walk into the job like he thought he was before. So even more so now... Make them work for it. Make the Premier 
make Tony Abbott work for it, and make, maybe Tony Abbott might even step in. I don't even know yet. But anyway, I think we should uh, move on to the show. I've been talking for a bit long, but I hope you listen to what I say, get out there and make a difference. You guys are fantastic. So I guess let's rock this show. Without further ado, let's get into my interview. Aussie Hunting Adventures TV series, Dave Fent. This is Dave Fent from Aussie Hunting Adventures TV series, and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Dave Fent, welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for coming on the show to have a chat with us today. Really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Thanks for the invite. No worries, absolutely, Mark. Yes, so tell us a bit about yourself. You know, how long you know, you've been hunting and shooting and fishing for, for, I guess for the listeners that don't know who you are. Well, for the listeners out there and the guys that don't quite know who I am and who we are yet from uh, all the Hunting Adventures TV series, um, I'm, I've been a big fisherman all my life. Um, grew up with it. Done a lot of game fishing and uh, pretty much tackled every species known to Australian fishermen that you can think of. Uh, some big tuna, some uh, big mako sharks and things like that. Yeah, you've been, uh, you've been hunting since you were a boy or how long have you been hunting for? How many years? No, nah, mate, I only got into the hunting when I, when I turned 18 and got my licence and, um, and got, got into it with a few mates yeah. back in the early days. Yeah, what sort of game do you like? What's your favourite sort of species to hunt? What do you What do you sort of enjoy hunting? Oh, when when, uh, when I first started and got my licence, uh, a couple of mates I had out with we were we into the deer deer hunting and chasing some salmon up in the hills, and uh, doing a bit of stalking and things like that. Yeah, what about what else do you hunt other than deer? Just deer or? Oh, basically now over the years I've I've covered most species from buffalo and pigs and. And that sort of thing in your top end to, to all your local stuff like goats and rabbits and foxes and yep. and a uh, bit of bit of hound hunting and that sort of thing as well and obviously your fellow deer and and uh, and got into the ducks a few years ago as well. Ah, oh, yeah, love it, love it. Have you ever hunted anywhere sort of overseas or just in Australia or? No, I've, I've, I've fished overseas overseas quite a bit now for some some bigger game species and stuff, but I, I haven't hunted overseas as yet. Yeah, no, good stuff, mate. I guess you're in the process of getting, I think, oh, possibly, I'm not sure, 100%, but I'm, I'm guessing they're one of the first sort of hunting, you know, shows on TV, I guess in some time, if, if, if ever. How did you come about sort of wanting to make a TV show on hunting? Oh, sort of comes from a little bit of fishing background as well. I've, I've helped out on a couple of fishing shows here and there with a, with a couple of my mates that have got some shows on Channel 31 there. And um, I thought it would be a great idea to... Uh, to, to do a, a show on hunting and get that out to the public as well. Yeah, what was the sort of motivation to uh, sort of get the show out to the public? It was just, you know, sort of show, show on what you're doing and what was the motivation? Yeah, basically to, to, to try and uh, try and educate the, the general public and, um, and that sort of thing to, you know, increase awareness of hunters and what we actually do. Yep. Um, as opposed to the... Uh, as opposed to the actual... Uh, some of the negative stuff around. Yeah, some of the negative stuff and how we've seen in, in a bad light in some circumstances. Yeah, exactly. No, I think I, I think you're right. How many sort of people have you got you know, that are involved in the show? Is it just yourself or you're filming or you've got a bunch of friends that are involved? What sort of, how many people are sort of involved in the show? Oh, basically, basically when we started, I, I, put, a, I put a team together, myself and, 
and a, and a few mates with all our specialties and um, throughout the throughout the hunting sort of range of species and that sort of thing and put a team together of four. Yep. And um, and we went from there. And um, now we've certainly grown. We're uh, we're up to a team of twelve at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, we've, uh, we've we've got some uh, some experts from 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 a lot of fields like uh, your big game hunting, uh, your bow hunting. Yep. Um, I myself, I, I sort of class myself as a as a good all rounder. I've, I've been most places and, and hunted most things in Australia. Mm. So no. but, um, yeah, we're certainly getting there now. No good stuff. So I mean, how difficult was it, mate, getting you know a TV station to you know take on the show and. Uh, who in the end took a chance on you guys on TV? Well, just a few years back now, probably probably going back two or three years ago, um, I contacted uh, contacted the guys at Channel Thirty One there, and um, and did a proposal for those guys and and popped that in, and, and they they sort of jumped at the idea and were quite excited about it. Yeah. Was there any? Did they have any uh, like uh, uh, anything? Any ideas about what they wanted to put in place as well? Or things they didn't want as well, or anything like that? Any any what would you call it? I guess um, uh, issues that they you know, might arise that they wanted you to take care of before the show or, or during the editing of the show or anything like that. Well, I guess one one of the main things that, that sort of came up during discussions and, and conversations was that. Uh, what rating we were going to put on the show, whether it be a, a PG or, or an MA15 plus type rating. Uh, yep. That was probably the biggest parameter. What we've done with the show is we've decided to, to go with a PG rating, make the show a, a family-friendly show. Yep. Um, so what we've done there is um, if you take a show like Swamp People, where they, where they take the alligators, you don't actually see the, the kill shot, so to speak. Ah, uh, yeah, we're going to get all, into that. <laughs> you see all the action beforehand and after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, we'll, we'll be doing a similar thing to that. Uh, good stuff. So how long, I guess, how long have you been filming, uh, you know, like, say, even before you got the show started, how long were you filming before getting all the footage uh, before the TV show starts? Was it a year's worth, six months, or how long have yeah, you been filming we've, for? We've, we've, we've probably, it's probably been two, two and a half years now since... Um, well, I purchased all the gear and, and and we got out there and and we've sort of we've sort of been over well, most states of Australia now hunting different stuff for the last couple of years and learning how to hunt, film and and film the hunts and film the animals and and all that sort of thing as well. It's been um yeah, it's been a been a big big learning curve that's for sure. Yeah, how many sort of episodes are they going? Are you just going to run like a two or three pilot series, or you've got a full season run ready to go? And if so, how many how many episodes will run in say sort of a first season type of uh, you know when it's running on TV? Yeah, well the first season um, we're we're going for thirteen episodes, so we'll have a full run, and uh, that yep. they'll be half hour shows. Yep, yep. So, is it? I mean, obviously. So, when when are we looking at a starting date for the first episode to run on that channel? Okay, we're we're looking at September, August start date. Yep. Um, we've got a heap of uh, a heap of good hunts and and that sort of thing and locations coming up uh, from now till then. And we're uh, we're booked in with a few outfitters that have got on board as sponsors now. Yep. So we've had to had to slot them in as well later in the year. Uh, we're heading up north to do some uh, some bow hunting with some pigs um, up in Arn- Arnhem Land, and we're heading up uh, up towards Charters Towers for some pigs and cheddar up there as well. Yeah, should should be some awesome footage, I, I'd say. 
Yeah, well, the, the stuff we've got to date sort of thing has been great file footage. And um, we've certainly certainly found our feet in the last sort of year and, and we've certainly come up with some great stuff. That's right. I've seen on YouTube as well you've been uh, uploading some uh, teaser stuff for some fallow. I've been following on my channel, but some uh, teasers of fallow deer and uh, some certainly giving us some good good tastes of what's coming up on the show. Yeah, obviously we're, we're not going to put the, the winning shots on there. We'll save them for the series. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, we've got plenty of other file footage there and, and stuff we've done, you know, even recently is a couple of weeks ago that's that's been popped up on there. So it's coming along quite nicely. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess let's talk about the provision of the show. What can viewers expect to see? What aspects of the, you know, will the, will the show cover sort of on hunting and shooting? Will it be fishing? Will it be safety? What can we expect to see on the show throughout? Are they going to be half an hour shows and what can we expect? Yeah, mate, they'll be a full half an hour show. Yep. Um, and and basically what we're doing is you'll, you'll see the show, we'll introduce the show, we'll introduce the location and the species we're there to hunt and um, uh, we'll follow that up by, by a hunt and, um, and we'll have some, uh, some technical tips and safety tips um, there'll be some cooking segments, um, some full dive, uh, some fishing. Say, for example, if we head up into um, into the Northern Territory or Arnhem Land, there we'll certainly yep. do some barra fishing and, and get a few mud crabs and that sort of thing along the way. Yep, yep. Is there any going to be anyone? Is just you guys on the show? Who's going to be who's going to be presenting the show? Uh, myself and uh, my good mate Neil Blaker are going to be presenting the show. Yep. Um, co-hosting the show. Um, and then we've got a couple of other blokes uh, by the name of Jesse and John and Rob that are going to help out with their specialties of, of bow hunting and and that sort of thing and some technical tips from Rob. Yeah, so it's pretty much, as you said, going to cover sort of a bit of everything? Yeah, say? mate, basically we're, we're going to cover a bit of everything from, from all aspects of, of, of hunting and, and, and bow hunting and rifle hunting and hunting with um, hounds and companion dogs. Yep, good stuff, yep. Sounds pretty fun, mate. I mean, we just we just spoke about this uh, about you said the kill shots, but I know some TV stations, I mean, uh, won't promote you know sort of the kill shots or the action shots you might call them for the camera. Uh, as you said, there won't be any. Uh, so, what can uh, was was that a, was that a thing that was discussed sort of from the start, whether it would be in or out, or how did it, how did you just come to that agreement? Can you shed a bit more light on that? Oh, basically, we had the option if we wanted to go to the MA fifteen plus rating. Yep. Um, which would mean we'd be uh, on later at night, say 11 or 12 o'clock at night. Yep. Which isn't the ideal viewing audience time. Most people in better sleep type thing. Yep. So um, so we opted to go. It was it was it was our choice. We opted to go with the PG rating um, to keep it family friendly and try and help promote our sport and, and get a few more people and, and more families into it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm keen to sort of find out when when it comes out, have a have a look and see how it comes out. You know, without and see the you know see the response. Yeah, hopefully it's be, it should be a pr- pretty good response. Yeah, we've had a great response from the from the public so far. Um, on, even on our Facebook page, we've already got eleven thousand followers just in a, a few short months of, of announcing that the show's coming out later in the year. Uh, we've had a great response from the industry and, and sponsors and that sort of thing as well. It's, it's just been overwhelming. Yeah. Guess you can't complain with that. It sounds exciting. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's been good, mate. Yeah, it's just, um, she's just picked up and just rolling along on her own steam now. 
Yeah, that's right. So I guess we probably spoke a little bit about that, but you said what types of game and feral animals are we going to sort of expect to see on the show? A bit of everything? or Yeah, pretty much going to see a bit of everything um, throughout Series 1. Um, you'll see us um, uh, up, up, up north with a couple of outfitters there. Um, like I said, um, you know, on your buffalo and, and bang tang and, and, and pigs and that sort of thing, whether we're with a rifle or the bow and some chittle deer as well. And then we'll have the, the local stuff down here in Victoria, New South Wales, South Australia as well, where we'll go out and um, we'll, we'll chase the, the fallow deer and, and do the fallow deer up. And uh, obviously our duck season's already started now, so we'll, we'll certainly get an episode out of that as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, not too far off. We've got the hog deer season. Um, so we're going to have a, a, a few little tips in there and try and educate a few people and, and give them a bit of a hand if they want to get into the hog deer. That's right. Just, have you got your, your one season? Or how far are you along sort of with the editing? You, is your, your first season fully edited and ready to go? And are they going to see how it runs before they introduce a second season? Or can you give us sort of more insight into that? Well, basically the, the first season is, isn't finished yet. We've got a... We've got a couple of things to do, especially with the, the hunts up north that we've got booked now um, with our sponsors, the outfitters that come on board. So we're sort of making it a big priority to, to get them in and done on the first season as well. Yeah, no, I can see I can see how that's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty positive, I say, getting, you know, I mean, as I said, like a lot of the American TV shows, um, you know, they're based, there's quite a lot of them, but in Australia we sort of, you know, don't we, we really lack you know, those sort of good hunting. I mean, there's still a lot of fishing shows when it comes to hunting. I guess sometimes it can be a bit of a taboo subject, so it's good to sort of get, finally get something on TV and hopefully, you know, obviously we, you know, you hopefully get some great success out of it. Hopefully it also prompts, you know, more people in that community, not only hunting and shooting, but fishing to get, you know, to get on board as well and support it as well. Yeah, by all means, it's certainly certainly a hard subject to, to, to film um, in that aspect. But um, yeah, we've certainly learnt the craft now, and we had a few fails in the early days. But um, yeah, we've certainly got up to, to a great quality now that uh, I think the Australian public are going to love. Exactly. How do you how do you sort of let's go on both scales? How do you think it'll rate with you know the hunting and shooting community? Um, yeah, how do you think it'll rate with 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 people in in, in the community? Yeah, I think that I think think the hunting community. We'll, um, we'll be all over it. I think everyone will love it. We'll have a, have aspects there for everybody from from every different field of of the hunting, and um, I'm hoping we can um, certainly help educate the uh, the public that that have uh, some bad perceptions about hunters and and that sort of thing to to increase their knowledge about what what it's really about about mateship and and going out and get a bit, getting a bit of a feed and, you know, helping out the environment by taking out some, some foxes and that sort of thing and some uh, feral animals that are doing damage to our environment. So that, that's the plan. Yeah, exactly. What about, let's say, on the flip side, what do you think the response may be from, say, uh, non-hunters would be? Yeah, from the non-hunters, we are prepared for a little bit of flack. Um, Especially in the politics, say like you know the Greens and those type, you reckon they'll be you know, boycotting the show or anything like that. I mean, obviously they won't get anywhere, but how do you think they'll sort of react to it? Well, I think, think there might be a bit of ne- negativity once we once we sort of go to where, but once people sit down and watch it and um, and take note mm. and, and learn that what we're doing is um, 
is certainly all, all above board and, and, you know, trying to educate people and help people and safety tips and all that sort of thing. I think once they realise that, you know, hopefully we're only going to help our sport to grow bigger and better. Yeah, exactly, and hopefully, yeah. So I reckon that'll be that'll be pretty good. I mean, obviously the Greens always have something to say about everything, whether there's you know kill shots, you know, or not. But I think it should be pretty positive. I mean, the, the Greens are always sort of complaining about everything, but I wouldn't let that deter you. I think it'll be I think there'll be some positive stuff to come out. But let's talk about who's sort of producing the show and doing all the editing. Do you guys have to? Um, do all the editing yourselves is the is the channel or the station have they provided you know cameras or are they doing the filming or are you guys just doing the filming and they're doing the editing can you shed some more light on that yeah basically we're, we're, we're doing the uh the filming uh all the filming ourselves um like i was saying purchased all the gear a couple of years back and and got all top of the line stuff and we certainly learned how to use it to our advantage um so we're doing all that sort of from that aspect um the uh, the editing itself has uh, been done by a good mate of mine, um, Adam from Final Focus Australia. Yep. Um, so it's all going to be professionally edited and put together. So we should have a, a really smick uh, end product for the for the Aussie public. Yeah. And what do you? I mean, by, by starting the show, what do you sort of hope? You know, to come out of the show. What are the some of the some of the positives you you hope to come out of the the filming of the show? Well. I guess the main aspect is we're, we're hoping to to increase, um, increase awareness to the to the non-hunting public and and um, and try and get rid of some of the some of the old myths that are, mm. that are getting around still. Yeah, no, good stuff. So we were talking about um, sponsors of the show. Has it been? You would say it's been. You said you had obviously some sponsors. Been difficult trying to get backers of the show and getting supporters, or you has it just been like fantastic and people have been sort of very open to. Uh, jumping on board. No, it's been fantastic. We've um, we, we we haven't put it out there to hit any up anyone up for any sponsorship. Um, most of it's been word of mouth, and and we're having guys coming to us to us or other sponsors um, mention it to to some of their some of their dealers as well, and then they've given us a phone number and said give these these guys a chat, and and bang, they want to come on board as well. Yeah, has it turned into sort of you know obviously you know I'd say it's a fit. There's a fair amount of work involved. Has it turned into a full-time job for yourself and your and your guys that are involved yet, or? Yeah, well, basically it's a it's a full-time job for myself, um, and um, I'm basically I'm either on the phone, I'm on the computer, or or I'm out hunting and we're filming somewhere. That's just yeah, it's just it's just gone from. From one thing to another, and it's just increased, increased, and and um, the other guys, the other the other guys, part of the crew, are, are helping out and doing everything they can in their spare time. Uh, they all work, they all work full time. So yeah, I guess as yeah, so, so long as the you know, getting some exciting hunting in on TV is not going to, you know, you don't want it to turn into a job. <laughs> oh no, who'd, who'd who'd want to go hunting and fishing for for a whole year <laughs> or two or three? Uh, uh, you can't complain at all. That's, I tell you. Um, well, mate, let's talk about you know not, not specific areas, but where are we sort of are you hunting all over Australia, Queensland, New South Wales. I did hear you say the top end. So where is majority of the hunting sort of taking place in sort of what states and what sort of areas? Oh, well, we're gonna gonna have a uh, have quite a bit down here in Victoria. Um, we're gonna skip up to New South Wales for a couple of hunts as well. We've got the, got a couple organised in the top end. And um, looking looking to get over to South Australia as well. 
Yeah. So um, basically, we'll be be covering be covering the the whole state of Australia. Do we have some contacts down in Tassie as well? We're working with at the moment, so we might get down there as well. So, Dave, can you sort of list or mention any of the sponsors that have been able to come on board? Are they sort of, you know, uh, ammunition or rifle manufacturers, camping and outdoor? What sort of um, sponsors have you got on board that you'd be able to announce now on my show that sort of have come on board? Well, we've had a, had a great response so far. We've um, had the guys from Wild, Wild Deer and Hunting Magazine come on board. Uh, the guys from Pat's Archery have come on board. Um, the guys from Huntfest and the Rumour are helping us out. Uh, we're also doing a uh, doing a major sponsorship for them as well. We'll be providing a, uh, a fully guided um, fellow deer hunt for a junior as a major prize for the for the hunt fest, yep. which is later on in this, this year in uh, June the eighth and ninth in the Roma. Um, so we've pro- provided that as a, as a major draw, and um, the basis of that is uh, the junior will get drawn out lucky draw prize yep. and. Um, We'll go up there um, with the outfitter, uh, thanks to Charlie Musket from up on the south coast there. We'll go up with him and the junior and we'll film the whole hunt and we're going to put them on TV, yeah. taking their first fellow deer possibly. Mate, what, on the show, will there be sort of anything to do with, you know, uh, game preparation or game meets or anything like that, how to prepare? No, just purely hunting or will there be anything like that on the show? Yeah, no, there'll, there'll be uh, there'll be plenty of um, game meat preparation. Um, you know, how to cape out a trophy animal, um, and that sort of thing, and, and how to take out your best cuts out of uh, out of a deer, for example. And um, and we'll certainly lead on to the cooking segments with those as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the cooking set. What sort of what sort of cooking segments have you got coming up? What can we expect in regards to sort of you know deer recipes or what yeah, can we expect? You'll, you'll probably see a deer recipe or two. You'll probably <laughs> see some barrow or trout there. Oh yeah. Um, you'll see some um, some ducks and things like that as well. Yeah, is there, as you were talking about duck hunting before, would there be any as I said any, any bird hunting uh, aspects to the show as well? Yeah, mate. Um, we'll certainly be doing hitting up the ducks and that sort of thing. I've um, got some great contacts now, so we'll probably uh, probably end up doing some quail hunting as well. Yep. Um, some of this stuff might go into season two. We've all, all already got um, got more than enough hunts and locations and that sort of thing to certainly fill up season two and three already. Um, so we're certainly looking into the future. And we're certainly hoping to uh, to get this first season up and running, and done to a to a good professional level, where we can uh, perhaps hop over to a to, to a major station uh, like your seven mate or your seven four in season two. Mm. No, certainly. You were also saying too, like there's a lot of rifle hunting. What can we expect? Any? I mean, obviously, that, I guess that would go with bird hunting as well. But can we expect any? Is it just going to be purely a lot of a lot of rifle hunting, or there'll be say uh, shotguns? What else can we expect in regards to sort of the tools of the trade that you'll be using on the show? Yeah, tools of the trade we'll be covering. We'll certainly be covering the rifle hunting. We're doing a fair bit of shotgunning as well, and um, the bow will make it make an appearance in, in a few episodes too. All right, Dave, mate, tell us about one of your best hunts, mate, whether it had been sort of filming the show or even off the show. Can you tell and describe to the listeners what, uh, you know, one of your best hunts, you know, in, in say, in the life of Dave Fent? Well, mate, I'd have to say probably one of, one of my best hunts would have been a, a red deer hunt I did with my, my good mate Neil Baker. 
certainly before the days of the show was going back a few years now and um and uh, Neil had some property um to hunt that that, uh, that was quite large and substantial in size and 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 had a had a few reds popping in from from time to time we um we headed out there one early one morning and um it was a cold and miserable day and a little bit of rain getting about and and we we did a we did a fair bit of walking, let me say that, and um it was almost time to sort of pull the pin and 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 head back to the car and, and finish up the hunt where uh out of the corner of my eye I spotted a uh a good red uh, just off in the distance a bit, and um up come the binos um to to see a good ten pointer nice even lovely animal lovely cape just um just standing there and um Certainly was oblivious to, to that we were anywhere near it. Probably the best thing about that was that uh, that the stalk itself was was probably the most memorable I've had, and it's, and it's, it's probably uh, probably my first uh, certainly my first uh, first big deer that I've a uh, uh, good trophy size potential that I, I certainly did put up on the wall and certainly no meat went to waste on that fella. But um, probably the most memorable thing about that was uh, the actual stalk itself. Trying to uh, trying to get down uh, up and uh, up this other gully to him, and um, as as we sort of closed the gap, he actually started uh, heading our way. We we're in luck that morning. The uh, the wind was certainly in our favour, and uh, as, as we got a, got a bit closer to him, we we're probably within 100 150 metres, and he was up uh, up behind uh, um, the tree line on the other side, and we had a bit of a clearing in front of us. And we uh, we pulled up on this fallen tree, and we just sat there to watch him. And uh, luckily enough, and to our surprise, he he may have started trotting towards us. Went down in the gully in front of us, and was sort of waiting, waiting, waiting. Felt like an eternity. Didn't quite know where he was. And then suddenly he just popped up in front of us, a good 30 or, or 40 metres away. And um, I took the shot and finished the job. And yeah, I was probably certainly. One of the most memorable and earlier hunts that that I've certainly had. Yeah, exactly. So I, I know you were talking before about uh, you know hunting sort of with rifles, and I guess you know since you, you talk about you know you like hunting uh, deer and those sort of things. What what sort of you know what's in sort of Dave fence safe? What does he what does he like to shoot? What sort of calibers do you like on those larger type animals? No, on the deer and the larger animals, uh, my go-to gun is is a good 308. But I've had some some time now. Yeah. I think it was I think it's probably the the second one that went into my collection after the twenty two. Yeah. And um yeah, good old good old Mr. Reliable three oh eight does the job every time. Yeah, you can't is that like is that, did you shoot the is that what you shot with the red, the three oh eight? Yeah, 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 I was on the on the three oh eight back then. Yeah, I know. People, I guess yeah, I got a lot of friends. I got the seven mil, and they always say, "Oh, you know, get a three oh eight. You know, stop being a sissy and get a three oh eight. What do you do, man? I guess they all do the job, you know, provided you shoot correctly. But you oh, know. That's, it's all about the shot placement and um, and doing it correctly. That's right. They always always giving me grief, you know. But uh, what do you do? I guess that's what friends are for. I guess. Oh, it's like, are you a Holden man or are you a Ford man? Uh, Holden oh, these days. I turn days, around but... to people and I say, I've got both. 
what you know, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Mark. All right, mate, to finish off, I guess if people, they wanted to find out more about the show, where can they go? Are you on Facebook? Can they email? Can you give the listeners sort of those details where they can go to find out more about the show and about yourselves and what you guys are doing? Yeah, mate, if anyone wants to head over to our Facebook page of the Hunting Adventures TV series, jump on there and have a, have a bit of a look. We've also got the YouTube YouTube site up and going now. We've got our own little page there. Starting to upload some, some, some clips people can have a look at, some gear. And um, certainly the website will be should be up and running by the end of this week. It's almost all finalised. So it's um, yeah, certainly exciting times. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I'm sure you know, the future success of the show will be outstanding, and I'm sure there'll be good uh, reviews from you know the hunting and shooting community about what you guys are doing. I'm sure there'll be some fantastic footage uh, to enjoy, because you know, as you're aware, we don't get much... Uh, you know, hunting or especially hunting and shooting sort of TV shows, you know, at all really in Australia. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of it, you know, the list, my listeners, a lot of people probably you talk to as well often have to go either on the internet or, you know, Foxtel to see some of the, you know, either the US hunting and shooting TV shows. So it's good to finally get, isn't it, a, a, a good homegrown sort of TV show in Australia in our own backyard on, on hunting and shooting, mate. So I appreciate you coming on the show to have a chat with us tonight and being able to share more on the show. So hopefully when it comes out, we might be able tee up another one and have a bit of a chat and see where it goes you know sort of towards the end of your first series and hopefully it's an out and out success thanks for coming on no worries mate thanks for it we'll uh we'll talk to you soon and by, by all means i certainly love to come back on again you've just been educated and this is the australian hunting podcast thanks for listening see you next time